The readings today, especially the Jeremiah and the Matthew reading, lead naturally to a discussion of legalism. My son-in-law is a lawyer in Boston, and I have yet to find a lawyer joke that he has not heard, and perhaps told himself. But anyway, I want to start this with a lawyer joke. Three guys in a bar. A lawyer, an engineer, and a physicist. And someone comes up and says, all right, what's two plus two? The physicist says, four. The engineer says, well, as close as we can measure, it's about 1.999, which is close enough for what we need to do. The lawyer says, what would you like it to be? And therein is what I'm going to talk about. When we were on Martin Street, and we were looking around for a bigger place because the building was getting sold and so forth. And we came to harvest here before the current pastor was here, before their church split. And we had a meeting with their elders, and we got the sort of the Baptist exam. And what the elders said, well, so you're keeping the Torah. They said, well, we're doing the best we can, we try. And they started asking us questions about it until they finally found something that we weren't doing. Which is perfectly benign because there are things that you can't do except when you're in the land. There's various conditions. And once they found something we weren't doing, they said, Ah, you're not keeping the law either. And the deal was in their minds, nobody is perfect And if you're not keeping the whole law, the fact that I'm not keeping the whole law is benign. What that sort of says is we're all sinners, and we get to then choose what parts of the law we want to obey. We can't do it all, so we're going to choose what parts we want to obey, and we're going to, therefore, count ourselves righteous. Or, not righteous, that's the wrong word. We're going to count ourselves acceptable in God's sight. That's perhaps a better way to say it. I was talking to Kay last night, and she asked a very good question. What today is sinful? Because you have in our society, and I will use the mayor of South Bend, who is currently running for president, as my poster child here. It's just that he happens to be convenient. In fact, one of the news organizations has now tagged him as St. Pete because he spends his time lecturing people about the Bible, about church, and all that kind of stuff. And he has picked an unresponsive fight with the vice president, calling him a Pharisee. So he is in what the Bible says is a relationship that is not proper, And he is calling out the vice president. What he's doing is he's using the vice president as a surrogate for the conservative church. So the fact that he is labeling a person, the vice president, is not what his fight is with. His fight is with a conservative church. And what he is essentially saying is, you guys are in legalism when you say, I can't do the things I'm doing. In other words, you're legalistic. And that's what Yeshua is taking a stripe off of the Pharisees for in today's reading. And it's interesting because you really want to read that whole of chapter 23 in a swoop. It's kind of unfortunate that we just sort of picked the end of it. Because that's seven woes that Yeshua is saying to the Pharisees. And he's listing all the things that they are doing wrong. And 
people in the modern church go to that and say, all right, he's nailing them for all of these things, therefore I'm not going to do any of those things. So, for example, prior to today's reading, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others, you blind guides, straining out a gnat and swallowing a camel. And of course, you all know the Torah, which says if you get a bug that lands in your soup, your soup then becomes unclean. So the idea of straining out a gnat, which is being super punctilious about your dietary laws, and they're doing that, but they're on the other hand swallowing a camel, which is not kosher either. So the idea here is, huh, tithing isn't very important. Dietary laws aren't very important. What's really important is justice, mercy, and faithfulness. That's what people get reading that. So as you go through and read that, you see, oh, Yeshua is just slapping around for being very punctilious and tithing everything, but neglecting the weightier things. And there's a phrase in there that he says, these you ought to have done without neglecting the others. And we sort of skip over that part. What we do is we focus on the things that he says are important. Don't get me wrong. If he says they're important, they're important. I'm not suggesting that they're not important. But what we do is we sort of gloss over that. Since we can't keep it all, nobody's perfect. Nobody can do all the law. What I'll do is I'll concentrate on the things that he is emphasizing here, and I'll do that, and I won't worry too much about the other stuff. I will give you a textbook definition of legalism, and then I'm going to shred it. I am reading here via Wikipedia, who is quoting the Dictionary of Christianity in America. I am assuming the quote is correct. I didn't go to the dictionary and check it myself, but I'm assuming Wikipedia has quoted it correctly. Legalism in Christian theology is the act of putting law above gospel by establishing requirements for salvation beyond repentance and faith in Jesus Christ and reducing the broad, inclusive, general precepts of the Bible to narrow and rigid moral codes. It is an overemphasis on discipline of conduct, on legal ideas, usually implying an allegation of misguided rigor, pride, superficiality, the neglect of mercy, and ignorance of the grace of God or emphasizing the letter of the law at the expense of the Spirit. Legalism is alleged against any view that obedience to law, not faith in God's grace, is the preeminent principle of redemption. That pretty much encapsulate what you all have been taught in your years in the Sunday church. I think it's a pretty good definition. It's not right, but I think it's a pretty good definition. I will suggest a better definition. Legalism is not following the Torah. Following the Torah is called obedience. Legalism is following the heart with the form of law. I need to explain that. We just read in the Jeremiah passage, which goes beautifully with the Matthew passage. And I'm Jeremiah 17:9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind 
to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. How many times have you heard someone say, the Lord knows my heart? And the answer to that is, you bet he does. That's no recommendation whatsoever. Serious. Because that is a very common defense given by people who are in some area in disobedience to the written scriptures. Very common. And as I say, the answer to that is you bet he knows your heart. And your heart is not any great defense because over and over in scripture, what God says is that the human heart is wicked. In fact, he says it clear back in Genesis. Genesis 6-5. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth. And in every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. The point I'm making is, we follow our hearts. That's what we do. I agree we shouldn't, but that's what we do. And what we do is we then twist Scripture to enable us to do the thing we want to do. Now, look at Israel. We're in Isaiah right now on Tuesday night. And one of the things that God does is when Israel goes astray, which it always does, he sends them a prophet. The prophet slaps them around and says, repent. The prophets that make it into the book are not effective because they don't repent. And so they wind up getting sent into exile. And when they come back from exile, the thing that they got sent into exile for has sort of been wrung out of them. So they try something new. So he sends them into exile for idolatry. They come back out of exile, and they don't do idols anymore. But now what they do is punctilious observance of the law, but they neglect mercy and justice. So what you have is a process by which God is working through Israel to get them straightened out. And every time they do it, they come back and they do something different. Oh, got that lesson. We won't do that anymore. And in the Matthew passage, especially Matthew 23, he goes through all of the things that the Pharisees are doing properly. They are absolutely punctilious in tithing and all of the things that they're supposed to do according to the law. They're doing them absolutely perfectly. Because last time we didn't do that stuff. We got sent into exile, so we'll, we'll do this. And Yeshua then says, no, you still don't have it. And notice that he says, you've neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. Now let's go back to our friend Mayor Pete. Mayor Pete is saying to the church, I am exercising mercy and faithfulness because I am not judging people who are in this particular sin. And the fact that you are judging this thing that happens to be my particular sin is an indication that you lack mercy. That's his message. He hasn't said it exactly that way, but that is his essential message. The fact that you, the conservative church, for whom Mike Pence is a proxy, condemn my lifestyle is an indication that you are Pharisees and that you lack mercy. So let's go back to the Matthew passage. Yeshua says in Matthew, you're doing all the tithing and all that kind of stuff, but you lack mercy. What we've now done is we've reversed that. You guys are professing mercy, but you're not doing the other details of the law. 
You see what's happened here? There's been a flip. Yeshua at that time in Israel is talking to a specific problem. He's a prophet. And he's addressing Israel who has gotten itself into a twist like they always do. And he said, all right, here's your problem. You're scrupulous about X, Y, and Z, but you've sort of missed the bigger human picture. What the church is saying today is we are following the greater human picture, but we're missing the details. That's where the phrase, you know my heart, comes from, which is to say I am doing the bigger thing, mercy, justice, and love, which, by the way, are really hard to measure, so they could wind up meaning whatever you want them to mean. Sort of like Alice in Wonderland, you know, the words I use mean exactly what I want them to mean, nothing more. That's what's going on. So they're saying, we love. We're saying things in love. We love everybody. We're doing social justice. We're doing mercy. All those kinds of things which look like they are correctives to the things that Yeshua was nailing the Pharisees about. But what we're doing is we're following our hearts. Again, using Mayor Pete as our poster child, his heart wants to be in this relationship with this guy he's with. So in order to make that work, what I've got to do is I've got to change the definition of marriage, and I have got to tell everybody that if you disagree with that, you are neglecting the weightier matters of the Bible, which is mercy. Mayor Pete is being every bit as legalistic as he is accusing the conservative church of being. Going back to our lawyer joke, two and two is whatever you want it to be. That's legalism. So what he's saying is two and two means this, and those who are relying on two and two being that are legalists. But they're both legalism, which is to say following your heart and making the scriptures say what you want them to say. That's what legalism is. The Pharisees, being legalistic, wanted the scriptures to say, be real scrupulous about X, Y, and Z, but we don't have to mess with this. Yeshua says, no, (laughs) you still need to do X, Y, and Z, but you're missing that. It's legalism either way. And the easy thing to do in the modern church is to those of us who try and follow the written rules, you go back to this passage in Matthew and say, you're being legalistic, and the fact that you won't let me do what I want to do makes you a Pharisee. That's what's going on. All right, one other thing. Catherine, bless you, had a really good insight in the Isaiah passage a couple of weeks ago. We were on Isaiah 29:22. Let me read it to you. Therefore, thus says the Lord who redeemed Abraham and concerning the house of Jacob, Jacob shall no more be ashamed, no more shall his faith grow pale. For when he sees his children, the work of my hands, in his midst, he will sanctify my name. They will sanctify the Holy One of Jacob and stand in awe of the God of Israel. And those who go astray in spirit will come to understanding, and those who murmur will accept instruction. So, for when he sees his children, the work of my hands, well, we're all the work of his hands. He created us, right? I had always thought that that was sort of a generic, when you see your children whom I have made, 
just like when I see my children and so forth. Catherine's insight, which I thought was really good, is Israel throughout history and the culmination of that historical process is then the work of his hands. So he is working through Israel over a period of time to make Israel what he wants it to be with the idea then that Israel will be the nation of priests that he wants them to be and will bring the rest of humanity along. And the interesting thing is when he, Jacob, sees his children, the work of my hand, in his midst, what he's saying there is talking about resurrection. In other words, you have this historical trail of Israel starting back with Abraham and going to whenever God is finished with us, and Jacob, therefore, will see the final result in his midst, which means that he will be there. So, I want to encourage you, understand that legalism matches the spirit of this age. And the church is awash in legalism as I have just defined it. And I'm saying that legalism is not punctilious observation of the details of Torah. That's not legalism. Legalism is twisting scripture so that you can do what your corrupt heart wants to do. Back to our lawyer joke. What do you want two and two to be? I want two and two to be this, which means I can marry my homosexual lover. That's what I want two and two to be. Therefore, I will twist the scriptures to get there, and I will say that the problem here is you guys have no mercy because you're condemning that. So what I'll do is I'll pick and choose the parts of scripture that seem to support what it is I want to do, and like the Pharisees, I will neglect the other parts. That's what legalism is. And it's the spirit of the age. Things are not getting better. Anybody notice that? It's all thermodynamics, for those of you who are engineers. Everything runs down. The only thing that can prevent a system from running down is the application of intelligence from outside the system. In other words, a system cannot prevent itself from running down. It needs information or resources from outside of itself in order to make that happen. The outside ourselves is God. He is outside of the system. The system by itself, humanity, is going down, and we see it in our country. It happens over and over in humanity. And what God does is periodically reaches in, stirs things around with a stick, adds some more information, and we start over. That's what happens. But understand that what God gives us in his word is a picture from outside of our system. So as we're going through life here, it's very easy to despair because we see, for example, the Mayor Peets or whatever, who seem to be prevailing. 15, 20 years ago, when Hillary and Obama and all those people, before they were elected, they were staunchly against homosexual marriage. In fact, Bill Clinton signed the Defense of Marriage Act. Now, this is the law of the land, and everybody has to celebrate it. And again, I'm not picking on homosexuality particularly. I'm, I'm simply using that as a poster child because everybody can see the progress here or the retrograde movement. It's not progress. And what I'm saying to you is it's all legalism because that's what people do. That's what we all do. 
I am really good at looking at the parts of the scripture that reinforce what I want to do and sort of ignoring or twisting as not quite as important the things that say that I'm not supposed to do the things that I want to do. I'm really good at that. And I suspect you are too. I suspect we all are. And one of the reasons that we are in a community here is the things that I try and justify in myself, some of you will not. In other words, you'll look at the parts of Scripture that I'm trying to ignore, and you will jerk me up short and say, wait a minute, you're misreading Scripture here. And that's good. That's why we have to be in a community. And that's why your voice has to be out in the world. Because you can say to the Pharisees on the left right now, wait a minute, you're misreading Scripture. Now, some of them are honest enough just to sort of disregard Scripture. Well, you know, heck with that, I'm not going to do the Bible. I don't believe in any of that. And so that gets rid of that problem from them. But the Mayor Pete's of the world and the people up in the Methodist church that have the rainbow flag out in front of their church, those people believe that they are doing what God would have them do. They have become legalists. They have said, okay, the thing that's really important to us is that we accept and bring in these sinful people and we celebrate who they are without trying to change them. The thing that I thank God for every day is that he's changed me. You wouldn't like the guy that I was 20 years ago. Well, maybe 30. I've been, I've been doing this for 20 years, so maybe 30. But my point is, I thank God every day that he's taken me out of there and he has moved me somewhat closer, I hope, to what he wants. And the only way that works is in a community like this, where people will look at you and say, what do you got, cornflakes or brains? And that's what you need to do to the world, is look at them and say, what do you got, cornflakes or brains? That's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in the world. So go out and take your voice into the world and speak against the legalism of this age. <laughs>